Okay. Oh my god. Alright. Okay. It's been a week. <laughs> oh. Who had neighbours imploding from the inside on their 2021 bingo card? Yeah. Um. I sat down with lunch for somebody who heard of neighbours in the last 10 years, which I can't say has happened. Wow. Which is not great. <laughs> I mean, any publicity. (laughs) Is that? All right. Okay. Let's begin the show. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK and Bayer. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We joyously, usually, discuss episodes of a soap opera, one of Australia's flagship programs, longest running soap opera, and we pick apart the storylines and have a merry old time. I'm Vaya Pashos, been running this little situation for six and a half years. Out of Melbourne's PirateNet Studios, tonight we're connecting via the Hive of reinstated my subscription my membership i've booked out i've booked it all out all those bookings in ned's server they're all me uh i've kicked off b it's us i have cj the hot mess mum Catherine jones good evening hello everyone hello kate is away for the weekend but she's look she's knackered to use her words she's exhausted she hasn't watched any of the apps she's too busy digesting the off-air goings on you know our um weekly chat thread We've had like four comments on that. I don't think anyone's watched this week's episodes. Oh, yeah, in the Neighbours Council Facebook group. Yeah, you and I are the only people that have watched it. <laughs> it was a fizzer of a week too, like on air. Yeah. Dud eps. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> it was difficult because as I think Kate mentioned in one of our chats that like this week was one of those weeks which was a payback to people who have watched Neighbours for a long time, maybe watched Prisoner and Wentworth, Mm. the newer and older version of the same show. And it was meant to just be, you know, a week that, I don't know, made you feel good if you were a fan of the show. Yeah, fan service, a little bit of joy. Yeah. All right, let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. Going about our business, we we all are this week. Mm. And I got the alert via the Neighbours Council from Spicy Ben, friend of the pod, um, one of the hosts of Neighbours on YouTube, dropped the late-breaking news that an actor had posted some insight into her experiences recently working on Neighbours. And we all raced to the socials and we went to Sharina Clanton's Instagram and we read her post, Mm. which detailed an array of experiences while she's been working both, I believe, on-screen and off-screen for the production – And it took us all a minute to catch up because obviously her character hadn't been on screen yet. And also when we were looking up who she was playing, her character's name is Sheila Canning. So our heads were a bit fuzzy. I had seen her. So when I was making the weekly chat thread, I had seen her promotional images and I almost used it on the weekly chat thread. But then I decided it might be too much of a spoiler. Um, At this point, I'm going to point out that... I am in my pyjamas. I'm lying on the couch horizontally. I've never recorded the podcast in this fashion before. I've got a um, cuppa and I've got a blankie and, oh, there's my heat packets fall on the floor. 
And this is the way I could make it not feel like homework. It's to get cozied up and to feel like we were just having an evening chat. Me and CJ, couple of gal pals, Mm. chatting about systemic racism of an evening. So I'm not going to read verbatim Sharina's post uh, because you should go and absorb it in your own time. She also did a wonderful chat with Hack, Triple J's Hack, recounting the same points. I think Neighbours has been by far the most racist, the most overt levels of harassment, discrimination, ostracisation, bullying, misogyny and sexism that I had ever seen in my 10 years working career. The big beats of this post included that she endured multiple racist traumas on the set. It's felt lonely, triggering and traumatising for her to work in such a culturally unsafe space. She was not going to name names, but she's dropped quite a few details that could point to certain members of the cast and or crew. She's mentioned sexist language that was used in her presence as well as racist language, casually racist language. We're going to get into some microaggression chat, plus a few other offensive words that were used. The N-word in particular has had a lot of discussion this week and a few other pejorative terms. And then in her comments, she goes on to detail a few other points. One of the key happenings was regarding the employment of uh, an auntie, an Aboriginal elder. This part I'll read verbatim. Due to my insistence of engaging a Wurundjeri elder to be included for ongoing cultural safety reasons, like cultural protocols followed and debriefing, I was told this is not a film production, Sharina, and that we simply don't have the budget. The humble few hundred dollars a week Auntie and I proposed was in contrast to the thousands of dollars actors were receiving each pay. I paid Auntie directly out of my own income to make up for this lack of budget. I think, CJ, that stood out to the two of us Mm. quite prominently. Mm -hmm. She goes on to detail that she took these matters to management, to HR, and HR came back to her and said that she misconstrued a lot of the quote-unquote jokes that were said in her presence and at one point was told to just leave the room. Segregated green rooms I'm hearing talk about here, which is outrageous. It is strange to have a green room where you can go to green room A, you can be racist there. Yeah. B, no, no racism in B. So, look, obviously, look, we're going to walk the line here. We're a comedy podcast and we obviously jump up on our soapboxes frequently. Um, but this is just going to be an intimate chat. We're going to unpack our feelings. As CJ, I'm going to help, CJ's going to help me unpack my feelings. Can we please call this episode, Let's Unpack That? Yeah. Which has been, I've been waiting six years to call an episode <laughs> that. <laughs> for sure. Kate always wants to name episodes. You've never asked for a name, CJ. Never. <laughs> so this this flattened us. I want to say, I want to say us. I'm talking about the Neighbours Council, our Twitter community. The Neighbours community felt flat, just really deflated because fair enough, we pick it apart for bullshittery on screen. Mm. And I always, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking it's a soap. They make six episodes a week. It's a frenzied pace. They can't catch every every syllable that's going to go to air. Like this is happening quickly. This is soap. It's melodrama. We have to allow for, you know, cliffhangers and highs and lows and peaks and troughs and rating season and all of that. But I just took it for granted that everything behind the scenes was hunky-dory. Better than this. Yeah. I mean, obviously every workplace has 
issues. Every workplace will have gossip and people that work well together, people that don't gel. It's not utopia. So we had some wonderful in-depth chats in that thread. And then we just thought this was going to exist in our little neighbour's bubble. And then it made global headline news. Everywhere. Like people were DMing me about racist neighbours. I was just dumbfounded watching everything unfold. Obviously, the production went radio silent. (laughs) They shut down all those socials, quick sticks. I think something that's worth pointing out as well is this is your industry. This is the industry in which you work in. Yes. So for you, it's like this extra level. Imagine you work at a shop. This is all happening at the shop across the road for Vea. Mm. Yeah, and I had a few suppliers giving me a little buzz. <laughs> Look, then we started playing. Everyone's been playing the game of Guess the Racist, the game no one wanted to be playing. I'm not going to – it's it's it's, it's – I mean, I'm all in a tears. It's a tricky one to navigate because we've been talking about a lot of these cast members for many years. We've met most of them. We've engaged with all of them on socials. And I wouldn't have a bad word to say about any of them if I met them in the street. So obviously several of those people have not been behaving in a way that I would appreciate. Um, but I, I don't know who that is. So, and also I'm not going to sit here and try and guess because also like this is all going to be resolved internally. We expect, we expected Fremantle to come forward and say that they were going to handle this. And the first statement they put out was weak source. Yeah. That What was that statement? I don't know. I actually went on their website because I was trying to find where was the press release in its total because it was just a line in an article oh. or something and it was a terrible line and I couldn't I couldn't find an actual st- full statement. It was a terrible response. It basically said we don't stand for bad things in our workplace and it's like, no. yeah, but have you seen all the bad things? And then this is where everything kicks off exponentially in all the other um, social media channels and threads and groups and pages because everyone has an opinion and everyone outside of our group <laughs> – has bad opinions a lot of the time. Um, but people were suddenly calling Sharina's words into question. And she's speaking as a victim, as a witness of, I guess, workplace bullying, racism, harassment. And it was just really demoralising to then see a lot of the public jump on the offensive and say, oh, well, what's her credibility? Or what, what you know, what was the context? And there was a, a morning show journo got up and did this whole piece about context is important. And I think the whole point about microaggressions in particular is that context, schmontext, if someone's offended by it, if it grates away at their soul with a million other microaggressions, context is completely irrelevant. I hate to make assumptions about anything, but also like, to me, the request for an auntie being denied, if that hadn't happened, I don't think the microaggressions wouldn't have amounted to quite as much trauma. Mm. And so I think picking out a microaggression without looking at all of those things, and I guess maybe some people will say without looking at the context, but it, it does look oh, nitpicky or something. But if a request for an auntie was denied, it, that seems like... From that point on, you're going to see everything. Yeah. And also, if you do look at 
these incidents individually, of course they're not going to look as menacing as everything lined up together. And that's the point. Yeah, it is. It's, It's a cumulative situation. And I cannot stand up and say I have been the perfect employee. I've worked in commercial radio, which is a hideous environment. And even at the time when I was in it, knew it was like I had heard stories that it was a hideous environment. And I worked for one of the good stations, quote unquote. And there was particularly sexist behavior that I would just turn a blind eye to. Because I'm like, I can't put a foot wrong. I can't speak up. I'm Mm. young in this workplace. You know, I have, I'm I'm a receptionist for crying out loud when I started. Like I didn't want to put a foot wrong. And even in my most recent workplace, I don't speak up. If there's ever, well, I do, but I, bloody hell, I'm one of the loudest voices in the room. But there are certain things I turn a blind eye to because I don't want to be as noisy as I could possibly be because I do also have a livelihood and I, I know I have let people down by letting certain behaviours be without arcing mm. up. It's very hard to know. Like you have pick your battles, you try and do your best and you speak up when you can. But um, no, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. A lot of us aren't paid what <laughs> these stars are paid. But also we're not just talking about cast members here. We're talking about um, crew members who I imagine have been with the production an extremely long time. And definitely in media, the longer you're there, the harder it is to, <laughs> to be moved on. Uh, well, if you're a man anyway. Like <laughs> uh. I've seen lots of turnaround with women. Um And I think that's probably one of the most amazing things about the statements that they have come from a person and we've all, we've, many of us have been in a situation where we have turned a blind eye or we've prioritized, uh, you know, our reputation or, you know, just looking like we don't. You know, we're we're you know thick skinned or we're whatever. Yeah, we want right? to fit in. We want to be one of the boys or yeah, one of the cool yeah, one kids. of the boys. That's very key. Yeah, and somebody has been strong enough mm. to put all of that aside and speak their truth. Mm. Um, and then, of course, we've had some other actors come and support. Yes, and Main Wyatt put forward. Another extremely strong post, again, uh, Sharina Clanton, Main Wyatt, both on Instagram, all laid out. And his point is that he was a main cast member five years ago and also experienced racism on set. Mm. And his point that stood out to me was that, and that was one of the moments that he witnessed, he could then only imagine what was said when he wasn't in the room. Mm. Which is, again, the point here that, yes, some of these microaggressions or acts of racism that are witnessed might not seem that impactful when you read them line by line, but what the hell's going on when someone's not in earshot? And I think one of the things that I have felt a lot this week is I feel ashamed of how much we, I'm just going to speak for myself, but how much I've hyped up how inclusive Neighbours has been. I felt really dirty about it. I felt really dirty about that Australia Day episode because we were singing its praises from the rooftops and that's at the cornerstone of a lot of these issues, I imagine. Um, That's the episode that I shouted out Sharina's involvement in as a consultant and it appears to be from her Instagram comments that she she deserved more of a writing credit, it seems. 
and there was an auntie engaged on that episode and a few episodes since. And if there was a lot of this tension going on, I just feel guilty for speaking so highly of that episode. And Mm. I I wonder how much greater it could have been. Also, Maine Wyatt spoke to homophobia because his character was gay Mm. and Aboriginal. So then there was a layer of that coming through and then the dialogues. Oh, then um, Saskia Hempel spoke up about sexist behaviour and then Sharon Johal backed up the racist claims as well. And, look, we're not going to get into every single person's individual beats here because this is sort of an overall chat. But But I think the point is is that some people have put Serena's witness to question, but we're also saying but there's other people who have backed her up. Yes, and it's again, it's very difficult because I believe there's legal action happening now behind the scenes in whatever form, and also Fremantle has now, in their CEO statement, said that they're engaging Campfire X. Uh, I'll read it from the, the Fremantle statement. We have asked Campfire X, creative leaders in Indigenous cultural protocols, to conduct an independent review of Neighbours and the production process. So that's promising. There's going to be an independent review. We can speak more to the ins and outs down the track when they all come to light. Because obviously we're not professionals in this field. We can't analyse all of that that complexity. And I also should – I was going to mention at the start, and I'll mention it now, uh, I had reached out to a First Nations performer, an actor, to come and speak to us in this episode, and uh, several. And uh, one guest that I had – secured stepped back because she didn't feel comfortable because these are she wanted to speak up and then she started watching the episode and that we were going to talk about Wednesday's episode and she wants she's quote she wanted to throw her phone across the room and she started getting really angry and really nervous about the whole chat and didn't want to cut sick on the episode and offend her peers and this is people's livelihoods we're talking about and I didn't want to put her in that position. So I thanked her for spending half an hour of her time watching Neighbours and we parted ways from there. And then another guest I asked on does want to join us and I'm really excited that she wants to and is able to but just didn't want to do it right now, just while it was all flying back and forth. So bit of bit of sensitivity. Yeah, again because it was making her nervous and these are big stressful issues um that a lot of First Nations people deal with literally every single day of their lives. They're fighting these fights every day. They're expending oxygen on these matters every day and then to have them interact with people in their field possibly combating people in their field that might be employing them. It's very tricky. So um, we're going to keep having these conversations and I'm excited to speak to some new voices down the track and hopefully next episode and it's going to be a cracker, i got to say. So I think one thing is that I don't, I'm sure Vea thought of this as well about like the idea of not making a podcast this week. Oh, yeah, I thought about it half an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, and and if how do we unpack and deal with the idea of making a podcast about a business or a show or production, whatever, that is problematic for our own morals and where we stand? And I think we are going through a revolution at the moment. Yeah. And we have been for, and look, I'm a woman, so a lot of this I, I think of 
gender politics as my the way I can reflect on something yeah. like this because yeah. this is this is something I see. But I think we've been going through a revolution for probably about five years, and this is another brick in the wall mm. that is being knocked down. And I don't think that whatever happens, whatever investigation happens will change whether there's racism in Australian yeah. media. Because there is. <laughs> there is, yeah. And I'm I am active in my expression of opinion to my own employers to employ more people of colour mm-hmm. on our production. And there are steps in that direction. They are baby steps and it is infuriating. But when something's been done a certain way over and over again for decades and white people have employed their friends – People have to make new friends and that is time consuming for them. Not for me. I just made one yesterday over DM on Instagram and she's wonderful. So when you're saying about the revolution as well, we've I feel like a lot of what goes on in Australia takes its cues from what goes on in America. Mm. And a lot of that's been brought up a lot that what's the big deal with the N-word? Like it's it's used in American rap songs. I'm like, yeah, by usually by people that have been oppressed, that are reclaiming the word. Yeah. Like when, again, my point of reference, my frame of reference for racism is my Greek heritage, which is a drop in the pond to what Indigenous members of the community face, what black people have here, to face. Here, anyway. In here. Yeah. Because I'm here because of a white Australia policy. Mm. It's not the same. What happens here is not the same as what happens in the USA. And the reason we have the recommendations to employ cultural advisors is so that we do get things right and so that we do learn and evolve because we have a couple of hundred years of colonisation to unlearn uh, and to appreciate the fact that this was this is stolen land that we live on. And it's only been in my adult life that I notice Aboriginal place names on signs. And just recently, is it Australia Post that's putting Aboriginal place names on um, postmarks, on envelopes? I saw it on a um, job ad the other day. Wonderful. This wasn't happening when we were kids. No, 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 no. I definitely learned some things from Serena's statements um, myself and, you know, words that might be problematic that I didn't know were. And I think that that is really important in regard to the elder. When we talk about cultural safety, it's actually for all of us because we can all learn from that elder on how to speak to each other. Mm. All of us, all of us people. There are words I used to say on this podcast six years ago that I don't say anymore on this podcast. Yeah. I don't use the word lame. As in a derogatory way, something's weak. Mm. It's ableist language and I don't, I don't use it anymore. And I did a comedy festival called, show when I was 20 called Vera and Joe are lame, which was a takeoff of the word fame. And I would never do that show today because we learned that that offends someone and someone else can turn around and go, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just a funny word. It doesn't matter. This other person over there finds it offensive. So what's the big deal of me changing it? Um, we try not to say crazy, insane for plot lines anymore. Yeah. Like, and if we do, I usually cut it out. And I have to say, like, I'm definitely less evolved with those kind of things. If somebody taught me probably about a year ago, instead of using an ableist term to use the word wild. So mm. oh, that that was wild instead yeah, of. Lo- wild's fun. It's perfect. Well, just earlier in this conversation, I used the word outrageous. Yeah. Off the chain. I love off the chain. Some of them I have to look up because I don't know, like, 
yeah, like I try a new thing, then I have to check if they're okay. And someone will tell me and I will look it up and we move on and we'll think of different things. It's what being creative is about. It's why we're in entertainment and why we're making this. It's so we can play with language and it's not just open your mouth and word vomit. Like there is a craft, hmm. not, maybe not today with <laughs> the way I've been rambling, but um, that's what it is to speak and tell stories and commentate. You evolve the way you speak and think. And I, th- I definitely think the conversation about the N-word is I often, not on this podcast, but I often like to reclaim the C-word, for instance, mm. myself. And so I definitely think that there's words that... I love the C-word. Yeah, I love the C-word. But I try and use it like as a positive term mm. rather yeah. than a negative term. I definitely use it as a negative term as well. But I try to reclaim it. And this is, by the way, the C-word that is a synonym for vagina, not the C-word that Main Wyatt was talking about, which is a racist slur. Oh, no, uh, yes, definitely. Which yeah. was recently a name of a brand of cheese in Australia until literally this year the company changed the name. Yeah. And do you know how many freaking bigoted family friends on my Facebook timeline were up in arms about it. Mm. I'm like, it's a brand of cheese, bud. Mm. Move on with your life. You're going to be okay. It's fine. The very example of why that cheese name doesn't matter is that there's there's products called No Name. Yeah. Like it actually doesn't matter. No. No. You just buy the cheese you like. But, yes, no, definitely the other C word. Um, (laughs) There is in Australia there's definitely words – that can be reclaimed by different groups that other groups shouldn't use. But if d- d- there's a lot, there's just a lot to unpack, CJ. Yeah, there is. But also I understand people make slips of the tongue and make mistakes, but I think what really stung for a lot of us is that people laughed this off and told someone that it wasn't a big deal and just get over it, just laugh along, go to your own part of the green room. Yeah, oh. There was press and hoopla about Sharina's appearance on the show and the two Sheila Cannings. Mm. So it appears to me that, yes, people laughed this off and that really it was not, it was thought as over to the production. Yeah. And resolved, not over, yeah. resolved, like, you know. Like back when all these things were said. Yeah. And and someone was um, taken off the show for a week as well. Like it's not like these issues were completely ignored by the production. Some steps were taken it's just that it didn't seem like anything came of it. Mm. Trina didn't feel so. So, yeah. you know, and we've had mentioned a few mentions on the council this week is that you can't tell someone when they're offended and when they're not. Like th- they get to decide that. And it's so hard when you step into a new workplace or a new school or a new club or somewhere mm. and you're the new kid and everything's been done a certain way by everybody else and you're not part of that family. Mm suddenly you want to speak up against the mob and they're like, no, excuse me, um, who are you to come in and tell us how we do things? I used to tell my mum stories about the radio station and she worked in um, for the Department of Human Services and, and said if any of that went on in my workplace, that person would be sacked. And I was like, oh, my God, mum, it's just funny. It's just people being funny. It's showbiz. And she was like, no, it's hideous. But – People think because because it's showbiz, it's glamour, it's whatever, we, they can have their own set of rules. Yeah. It's the idea that there's always someone underneath you in the wings that will take, mm. if you're too difficult, mm. you won't be there the next day. And so people put up with things. I think we are not going to see 
this resolved in some way that would be nice and neat. You know, Serena mentioned that this is, I don't want to say epidemic because we've been dealing with uh, mm. <laughs> one of them, pandemic, but this is across the whole thing. Of course. And we talk about neighbours because that's what we yeah. do. But, God, imagine what goes on elsewhere. Oh, can we just say, like, we're not affiliated with the show? Oh, God. <laughs> I hope that's still on our website. I think that's still on our yeah, website. Yeah, but just, like, what's... Yeah, wow. We have no understanding of, like, the real internal stuff that's happening right now. We have to take at face value what we see the actors saying and what we see the comments as. You know, like that that is really all we can tell. And and in turn, we can't really judge what's happening to improve it either. We have to wait and see what people tell us is happening. I can only but judge based on what statements are put out there. So I'm doing the podcast. Then we tune in right this week. I watched Wednesday's episode. Let's talk for a minute about the second Sheila Canning, shall we? CJ? We shall. Uh, there's something I definitely want to say about her. Let's. You, why don't you kick us off? All right. So a new woman arrives on Ramsey Street or in the Erinsborough complex, Lassiter's complex, in a beautiful white Mercedes, I think it was. Mm. Yeah. Which is like my son would be really pumped with that car. Most of Wednesday's episode, the new Sheila Canning, who we don't know as that yet, is going to different places in Erinsborough and not introducing herself. So she basically the conversation gets cut off right when she would be, oh, hi, my name's Sheila, for whatever reason. So she is a mysterious character. Now, mm. you can't see me, but I'm doing inverted commas here. I feel a little bit uncomfortable with that term, but it is the only way to explain how it is this whole episode. I'll come back to that, put a pin in that for a second. One thing I definitely want to say is the huge moment that – took me out of the drama for one second was the sexual chemistry with Ned and the and new Sheila. Sheila. <laughs> Ned and Sheila. Yeah. <laughs> A phrase I never thought I'd say, yes. Yeah. In fact, I'm giving the two of them citizen of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you very much. <laughs> Thank you for that little buck up. I've got pain all over my face. Oh, no. Jeez. Uh, oh, oh. Here, let me help. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, I've got you. I've got you. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm watching, right? And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. What's going on here? He wa- She walks in while he splatters paint on himself and then she's wiping the paint off his face. Yeah. Hello, sailor. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you and good night. What a treat that was. It took that to take me into the moment on the show rather than into the drama, you know, on set or in, in production, which was amazing. So I, you know, I want to celebrate that. That was amazing. Mm. And, and how open Ned was and how caring he was for this, this businesswoman trying to make her way in the world and wanting to make sure, making sure she had all her ducks in a row. Yeah. In an and just way. honorable. Yeah. You know, but also everyone's welcome on Ned Street. <laughs> so we're back on Ned Street. We are back on Ned Street here at the Hive. Exactly. It doesn't matter if he's got a girlfriend. He can have sexual chemistry with some lady that comes to visit him at work. Yeah. And you know what? Ned has always had better chemistry with the older gals. He has. We know this. We know this. And Don't fight it, gang. Do not fight it. Let him be with an older lady. Totally. And we know by the end of the week that the new Sheila is possibly buying the hive. And so I'm, I'm getting um, 
indecent proposal vibes mm-hmm. now. <laughs> um, That's the other weird thing. So I'm keen to talk to just more people about this, but the fact that this new Aboriginal character comes in as a high-flying businesswoman, the power mm. status is there. Yeah, I liked that. But what took me out of the storyline was trying to figure out the business model of Daintree. The Daintree, which is a rainforest in Australia, but that's this, this um, I guess it's like strawberry net or something, like net a porter or something. This Was this where the hand crane came ASOS? from? Yeah, okay. so Sheila's using this website called Daintree. Well, Sheila Canning the first is receiving parcels that she did not order, so high-end hand cream that everyone can smell a mile away. It smells like it's like impulse <laughs> vive or something. But Chloe can smell it by brand and Sheila the second can pick it out. And then we've got sparkly shoes, CJ, that I'm sure you enjoyed, pink sparkly shoes. I did. Earrings that were re-gifted to Suze and perfume given to Dippy. What is going on at Daintree.net or whatever it is? What's going on over at Daintree HQ that they are randomly sending, finding the address of someone with the same name and shipping parcels out to that person? Unless Sheila's an existing Daintree customer, which was not established, I don't believe. I've been wrong on this podcast before. I was wrong last week. I'm sorry, Kate, that I... Um, negated you your claim that Aaron wanted to call a baby boy Faye as well as a baby girl. Apparently he wanted to do it for both. But I do not recall Sheila being a regular client of the Daintree. So what I think is I have a pretty common name, Catherine mm. Jones, and there is a real estate agent in New South Wales with the same name. And I There's used another to... another day of but I'm related to her. Fair enough. Um, I used to have got emails for her. Sometimes you can make a mistake on your email address when you're setting up an account, Mm. but somehow because you connect it with your PayPal or whatever, it still works. So I think that Sheila was a client of this website Mm. and she's got like, let's face it, she's Sheila Canning at Hotmail. She's got to be at Hotmail, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Sheila is at Gmail, obviously. Mm. She's a high flyer. Mm. She has somehow set up the account under, like, the Hotmail Sheila's one, and so the address is shaved, saved and it just keeps going to her house. I would love for it if that had been established. I just needed that so I could sleep at night. Um, <laughs> that would have done it? Yeah. yeah. And so Sheila, the two Sheilas meet, and Sheila 2 accuses, well, is pissed off at Sheila 1 for running off with all their goods, and then Sheila 1 has to, Sheila and Roxy have to go off and, like, prize the jewellery off of Susan Kennedy's cold, dead hands to get all this stuff back to – and this COVID, you can't be passing hand cream back and forth. Jesus Christ. Or earrings that go in your Ew, ear Susan. hole. They looked really good on Susan too. Yeah. You don't think Susan was like, what is with this, with Sheila giving me lovely earrings? I wouldn't imagine if Susan would be like, Carl, Sheila just gave me earrings. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> And now we find out that Paul's just got money troubles. They only stem from the fact that he just tried to buy out a billionaire for his share of the hotel. And then he's like, oh, hang on, I don't have billions. (laughs) So now he's got to sell off all his other assets. Or he might lose the hotel. Who cares? I like the hive better than Lassiter's. Just run that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Can you imagine if Paul was in there every day? (laughs) Buy grease monkeys. Imagine Paul putting a baseball cap on and flipping burgers. I mean, that's hot. (laughs) 
back on my high for a second. This is the only other thing I wanted to talk about, obviously, is Bee's podcast. Yeah. I mean, every man of these dogs doing a podcast at the moment. Our point of difference is me. I cared about literally nothing else. Was There's a storyline we've embargoed from this podcast. There's um, two teachers having a spat because the, the young one had an idea and the older one didn't like it. Also, it was like I tuned in on Wednesday and it was like the whitest episode that you could possibly have. It was like two middle-class teachers in the staff room having a tiff. Anyway, mm. B. Nielsen, a victim of crime. Multiple crimes. Intimate partner violence. Mm. Um, gaslighting. This began when she lived on the streets and she wants to tell her story in a memoir and I would have bought the hell out of that book. I could see it on airport shelves. Sorry, Won't Turn Back Time by Beatrix Nielsen. The fight from within. The Kennedys don't want her to write the book. Fine. See you later, publishing deal. She wants to do a six-part podcast series because it's the hot new thing from 2012. Levi got her onto Serial. (laughs) Levi got B to listen to Serial. She's like, I finally listened to Serial. Like it came out last year or something. It's, um, how did she not know about Serial? I said that from a position of privilege. She was living on the street then. But also, I think she was a child. Let me do some maths here. Okay. Serial came out in 2014. Oh, my God. That was seven years ago. My gosh. B would definitely have been living on the streets mm. as a teenage girl. Oh. Survivor of trauma. Yeah. And Fucksticks Kennedy, Dr. Carl Kennedy, has, I'll use a Kate word here, has the temerity to firstly tell her not to publish the book, secondly, tell her how to do her podcast. And and how to use a microphone. See, the microphone picks up every little detail. The technique is crucial. Carl, I'm a singer. I know how microphones work. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. He can fuck off. Mansplaining to a... Singer who has, quote, been in a recording studio, I know how to do this, Carl, and he says, uh, you have to get your mic technique worked out because you don't want to be one of those podcast hosts with a grating voice. Um, that's another little sexist microaggression there because men are always trying to police women's voices. There are actual studies on this that women's voices get judged more than men's voices. And like the vocal fry. Yeah, and it's, it's steeped in misogyny and sexism and Carl can get fucked because it doesn't matter if someone's voice is grating because that it's their story. It's, it's their truth, Carl Kennedy. Do you know what I thought of in those scenes? Mm. Anytime like that I or any other co-host or guest and neighbour <laughs> – Neighbors takes the the wheel from you. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I thought I'm gonna have, th- have to think of uh, of B next time somebody tries to take the wheel off Vea. Has it, has anyone tried, mate? I don't know. You went you went to hospital and a baby, and Vea yeah. and Kate and I made episodes. I know, but it was back two weeks later. We're Carl. No, but we were Carl. <laughs> but you weren't like, no, start the story here. Um. <laughs> Only a middle-aged white man could do that. Carl tells a young woman who's a victim of crime how to tell the story of her victimisation. All he had the right to say is, can you please leave me and your auntie out of the story? That is the only thing he has the right to say. He has no rights anywhere else. No, and I mean, I love... He can shove it. Yeah, when he wanted to call it um, the Kelly file with Dr. Carl Kennedy. Shut up. 
so he can regain his credit credibility that he has lost because he was a he was an aggressor. Yeah, that's one thing he's done in a whole basket of things, Carlton. <laughs> I want to re. I, I'm at the point where I want to rename my baby. I want to give my baby a new neighbor's nickname because his baby, Dr. Carl, and Dr. Carl's ruined it. I, th- I won't make that rash decision, but I'm just, this is, that's where my head's at. I think probably it's worth waiting on Campfire X. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> Remember when I named my child Angus and then the Angus, Angus character on yeah. Neighbours, like, was an assaulter? He was a sex pest. Yeah. I mean, they're a dime a dozen, to be fair. Yeah. That's, look, those are the standout moments. Oh, and the fact that Vera injured herself in the complex again at another festive decoration. Yeah, that was amazing. But it did actually give way to Vera refusing medical care from Carl, which was amazing too. Um, Yeah, I'm team Vera, team Vera Punt. And she is Curtis's auntie, Curtis Perkins, um, the cool young teacher. And he turns off his implant when he's with her so he doesn't have to hear her. Fantastic. (laughs) I love that because he was like, you know what, because, you know, it would have been a lot of effort for him to learn how to use that and, and get it and all the science that went into creating it. And he's just like, you know what? I, can, I am in control of this implant. I can turn it off when I don't want to hear Aunt Vera anymore. <laughs> so I'm, I'm there for that. Mm. And, yeah, so I think, like we said at the start of this podcast, this week was actually just not that big storyline-wise and it just no. would have been a fun little week where we talked about how it was funny that Neighbours had a podcast. And why is Chloe policing? Why is Chloe sticking her nose into what other people are spending their money on? Chloe, it's not your business. It's not your place. That's just from a position of privilege because you can you imagine her bank account these days? Yeah. After the divorce? That's where all the Paul's money is. It's in Chloe's bank account. So rude. Oh, my God, Sheila, can you afford designer shoes? Like, And also, she's... (sighs) Like, would, she, would you say that her position's above Sheila's? In yes. The last, yeah, it is. Definitely. So she, shouldn't be, she shouldn't be treating a staff member like that. I'm sleepy now. I'm, and because we can see each other, like CJ can see that I'm rubbing my eyes. These are my tired signs, like my 10-month-old. <laughs> I'm rubbing my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that was Angus's. <laughs> he looks like he's raving. Yeah, yeah. It was like, uh, apparently it's like um, a motor skill thing, like jerky movements. Oh. And he does jerky movements now if he's in a bad mood, I can tell. I hope if you're listening to this for the first time that you aren't listening to this for the first time because this is not what this podcast is. Um, it was just a little deviation so we could air our thoughts. There was some extremely nuanced chat online, mm. firstly from the um, First Nations actors that shared their stories and then from people in our Facebook group adding commentary. I think the point is, is that we are as disappointed as everyone else. Probably even more disappointed in certain reactions. Mm. Look, we're keen to see changes mm. and positive improvements and we can't, no one can change the past. And obviously I bet there's certain people that probably would love to jump on Twitter and Instagram and apologize or explain their version of events or make up for what was said and they are silent were you silent or were you silenced (laughs) because they work for oh my god the memes that could be made they they work for a company and they have to toe the line here Mm. so it's not as straightforward as people coming out and saying hey i'm really sorry that i handled that 
in that way. I, I think of, you know, things I've said or done, like many people, the last 12 months has been difficult for me. And I think of things I've said or done in the last 12 months and think, well, you know, I had a bad year. <laughs> and like, so I'm sure that there's people who want to say, like, I've had a bad year and I shouldn't have behaved that way. But yeah. we we are hearing more and more that this is... This is not that. It's been going on for a long time. You know? And also, he, this is the other thing. It's become a pressure cooker because this production has been going on throughout COVID. They didn't get to take a month off and make banana bread like a lot of people. They kept going. Um, they were in each other's pockets. Channel 5 delayed the production, so they didn't even have their fan base that they were used to. They're stuck there broadcasting on a fruit with no one giving two shits and they're eating each other alive. And something's got to give. This is what th- this is what gave. Yeah, because we and we want the show to go on, and we want the show to thrive, not just survive. And we want it to be a leading example in the industry, um, a reflection of our society, our multicultural community, our long history, a constantly evolved entity. And many many times, the measure of what you are is how you respond to a crisis. Mm. And how you make commands, you know? I want to see that. Yeah. And like Vaya mentioned earlier, there's likely legal action happening, which Mm. is probably why there was a weak statement Yeah. um, to begin with. But, you know, get better advice, by the way. (laughs) But at least there was a better statement. See, that's the thing. You make up for it. Mm. Yeah. Please keep your thoughts coming in the Neighbours Council. I'm really excited about next week's guest, if we can make that happen. And I'm looking forward to chatting to Kate as well. CJ, if, if I want to go and listen to you talk about Married at First Sight, <laughs> which has its own set of issues. Oh, my God. It, look, it has so many issues. And I made the decision, which is problematic, to not make it a gossip podcast. Yeah, that's what I made this show and now I don't know what to do (laughs) now now here we are um and because of that all of the sort of factual testimony of people who have lived experience with the participants I kind of have to ignore Mm. because I'm talking about what I see on the tv right so that's interesting this has been a ball breaker for Kate because Kate hates thinking of actors at all yeah she only thinks she thinks about Jane super brain she thinks yeah carl there's no alan fletcher like she doesn't think about these people this is erinsborough and ramsey street this is this is killing her that people are talking about these real other world other people (laughs) yeah like they they don't exist to her no there's no fourth wall (laughs) or there is a fourth wall what's the deal yes there is a fourth wall Mm. and we need to get we need to build it back up Mm. brick brick by brick (laughs) yeah but we knocked all those bricks out with the revolution Yeah, so anyway, Married on Maths podcast, please listen to it. We're, I'm podcasting like every night this week, so it'd be great if someone listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> Godspeed, yeah. <laughs> now, you know how we, now you know how I felt during Bum Island week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at. This is Bum Island, <laughs> where I am. <laughs> oh, I miss Bum Island heady days. Oh, before times, in many ways. Yeah, before times. Be better, do better. Everyone can be better. I can be better. You can be better. Like, I'm half asleep. <laughs> I, okay. What I say to my son is use your listening ears. Oh. That's the only thing you yeah. can do. And we will chat to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.